What's up, NBA fans? So excited to bring you the inaugural episode of the Stretch 4 NBA podcast. I'll be your co-host, Dan Titus, and I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues and NBA experts, Alex Burns, Zach Hanchu, and Adam Koffler. Before we get started, I just want to give a special shout out to Underdog Podcast for making this happen. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Stretch 4 NBA Podcast, the only NBA podcast to win your fantasy basketball league. Brought to you by NBA experts Alex Burns, Zach Hanshu, Adam Koffler, and Dan Titus. What's up, everyone? This is the Stretch 4 Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Titus, joined by my NBA experts, colleagues, Adam Koffler, Alex Burns, Zach Hanshu. What's up, guys? How you feeling on this uh, Monday morning? Doing great, man. How you doing? Doing great, man. What's up? What up? What up? So yeah, let's uh let's tell the audience a little bit more about us. So uh, I'll start, man. I'm uh been fan- been playing fantasy basketball for 20 years. Recently became an expert ranker for fantasy pros. And uh, something interesting about me, I just had the birth of my celebrating the birth of my first son, and I wound up burning myself uh, in the process in the hospital and had to go to the ER while he was being delivered. Super <laughs> embarrassing. But uh, a good war story to tell my kid later on in life. <laughs> what you got, Adam? Yeah, so what's up, everybody? It's Adam Koffler here. Um, been playing fantasy basketball uh, probably since I'm 12 or 13 years old. So that's uh, going on 15, 16 years here. Um, originally from the Philadelphia area, currently reside in Orlando, Florida. Um, fun fact about myself, uh, this isn't related to basketball, but I'm very proud of it. Uh, two-time high school ping pong champion so uh, if you want to come at me with the sticks uh, anytime you're in the area let me know um, so yeah uh, happy to be here and ready ready to get started it's absolutely amazing that your school had a ping pong team <laughs> yeah so it was a, it was more, it was more it was more of a tournament than a team but okay that was, it was a good it was a good time you got the respect nonetheless What's up, guys? Uh, Alex Burns here. I've uh, been playing fantasy hoops for about giving, going on six years now. Uh, I'm loving every second of it. Uh, I've been an expert ranker. This is my first year uh, being an expert ranker for fantasy pros. Um, fun fact about myself, uh, man, I don't know. I'm kind of a boring person. Um, outside of cheering on the Miami Heat, fresh off a finals run last year in the bubble. Uh, it was not a fluke. No, it was, it was not a fluke. It was real, and once we get healthy, you'll start to see that. Um, and I will say, uh, what was that? Fun fact about myself is that I have a 10-month-old son. Uh, my wife and I gave birth to him uh, back in March of 2020. So we're living the dream, having fun, uh, loving fantasy hoops. Dope. Absolutely beautiful. Speaking of kids, Zach, what's up with you, man? You got a, you got a handful of them. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Yeah, man, I got uh, got four over here, um, and including a set of twins. So yeah, always busy, uh, always something to do. Um, so I've been playing fantasy hoops probably about as long as Burns, about five or six years now. Um, I've been over at Fantasy Pros for going on three years. Um, started doing rankings for NBA this season. Um, I've also contributed um, probably about 200 uh, season outlooks to Rotowire's uh, fantasy basketball draft guide over the last two years. Uh, so I've been doing that kind of stuff for a while. Um, nothing really fun about me right now. I'm sitting here looking out the window at a blizzard. So uh, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go outside and uh, have some fun with the kids. Sounds awesome, man. I definitely miss the snow. I'm, I'm in Oakland, so uh, we don't get snow much here. I have to go up to Tahoe for that. But uh, it sounds like a great day. You got plans in uh and uh, taking off. So that's great, man. So let's get into the action. Uh, let's go into the weekly recap of some of our highlights, some of the trends and interesting thoughts that we have through uh, week six of the NBA season. Yeah, so uh, I'll kick us off here. So 
the, the Memphis Grizzlies finally played a basketball game. I think they had uh, six or seven games off there uh, due to some postponements with COVID. Uh, speaking of COVID, we got a couple superstars back uh, in week six. Uh, Jason Tatum made his return, and so did Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler yeah. put up Jimmy Butler put up thirty eight and seven last night. Uh, I told people Jeez. he was way too cheap on DraftKings last night, so that was a good call. Um, <laughs> the Damian Lillard, man, he has been killing it with CJ McCollum out of the lineup. I think he's averaging like 35, 36 points a game, ten assists per game. He's just been completely dominant. Um, be expected, though. I mean. In the, in the past, I mean, anytime Lillard's the, the focal point of the offense, man, he's getting 35 plus like and he's pulling up from the logo every single time. So it's it's awesome. Yeah. I love this version of Lillard. It's automatic. Uh-huh. Yep. And then the, the, yeah. the speaking of the trailblazers, I mean, we got we got guys coming out of the woodwork like uh, Gary Trent, right? Gary Trent's been playing 38, 39 minutes a game. Terry Stotts loves to play his starters heavy minutes. I think they have like a seven or eight man rotation. That dude puts right. up like 10 threes a game. He's got some he's got some serious value moving forward as long as McCollum's out of the lineup. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of empty stats, though, would you say? Like, he gives you a lot of threes and points. Occasional steals here and there, but, like, you know, he's definitely serviceable for now. But, so you're, you know. saying, you're saying he's like Lou Dort? No. <laughs> no. He's no. a little bit better than Lou Dort, but, you know. He's definitely, I don't know. I I just feel like he's not someone I'm going to rely on every week, but like he'll give you those volume threes and 20 point games. That's going to help you win a week. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Speaking of volume threes and and, uh, 20 point games, can we talk about Wayne Ellington this week? I mean, what in the world? I mean, this dude has been popping off. I think he's shooting 50% from three this, this season, which is absolutely insane. I mean, Duncan Robinson, uh, Last year, rightfully so, was like the king of three-point shooting. I think he shot 46% uh, when the season was all said and done. Uh, but Ellington's like 50% shooting from three right now, and no one's talking about it at all. Alex so, Burns, right. fun fun wanna... fact fun fact on Wayne Ellington. Wayne Ellington hasn't hit fewer than four three-pointers in his last seven games outside of his last game. So I know. His, his last game, he went 0 for 6 from the field. <laughs> Total fluke, man. This dude, all he does yes. is hit four three pointers or more every game. Yeah, and that was it. That was a fluke for the entire Pistons team, in my opinion. That was just one of those blowouts. Game got away from him. wasn't competitive. Um, I think every fantasy relevant player on that team had uh, a down performance. So I'm not. I'm not reading too much out of that. But uh, yeah, Ellington's been been on fire. Yeah, it's been very strange for how bad the Pistons have been, how much fantasy value is coming out of the out of Detroit. Um, yeah. Between him and Jeremy Grant, I mean, they've – even Mason Plumlee's had a bit of a resurgence. So it's it's been actually pretty fun to watch, even if you owned a, a, a Piston. It used to be super depressing, but now it's actually having some value there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, D'Lon even, Wright. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's uh, out for an indefinite period of time. D'Lon Wright stepped up to the plate. Uh, the thing with D'Lon Wright – He's not going to put up a ton of points, um, although he's averaged around 14 points a game over his last uh, last few games uh, this week. But he's doing a nice job contributing in every category: assists, rebounds. He's getting steals. Uh, he's he's the playmaker of that team. And uh, all of this, to your point, uh, Dan, is really capping the upside of Blake Griffin, which is just a sad Absolutely. story coming out of Detroit for fantasy purposes. He's been a disappointment. Yeah, it's like him and Derrick Rose, man. Like, they're the Wiley veterans that just, you know, they're going to take off a back, the second stint of a back-to-back. They're going to battle load management, rest, all that. And who knows? I mean, they're probably going to be traded. Let's be realistic here. Like, the, the youth movement's definitely – it's going to be a change of the guard in Detroit, so it's only a matter of time before Blake is just completely phased out. I, I just don't see that. Even despite his contract, I think he's going to get moved. Similar similar things going on in San Antonio with the youth – with the youth movement, right? So right. LaMarcus Aldridge is kind of not, he hasn't fallen off the cliff quite the way Blake Griffin has, but you see guys like Keldon Johnson, DeJounte Murray, Derek White came back uh, yesterday, or it was Saturday, I believe, uh, put up some good numbers. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's the veteran on that team, along with Marcus Aldridge. I think you're going to see those guys get fewer minutes moving forward. Uh, so look look for the youth movement to uh, to continue there as well as in Detroit. Yeah, I'm 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 scared for anybody that owns Lamarcus Aldridge. He's played the last four games: 24 minutes, 28 minutes, 22 minutes, 26 minutes. Like, 
nah, I, I don't want that guy on my team. Uh, trade high, sell high. As soon as he drops 20 and 10 or, or any kind of stem, semblance of any kind of what LaMarcus Aldridge is, is, is worthy of doing, get him off your roster immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I actually moved him in a dynasty league of mine last week. I got, and I'm not too proud of it, but I tried to get what I could. I got Jalen Brunson in a second round or so. That was, that's kind of what the market's, uh, you know, bearing right now for for Aldridge, man. It's not, it's not pretty, dude. So, so for all for all you for all you football fans out there, Lamarcus Aldridge might be the equivalent to trying to get rid of Todd Gurley off your dynasty team. Oh, man. Yeah, man. I would, it's I would sell that. Point. I would sell that man for a 2023 fifth round pick at this point. What? <laughs> oh man. No, that's oh. disrespectful, man. <laughs> he gets tutties though, man. It's not always about everything else. As long as you're getting in the end zone. <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel you, man. Like, I feel like Lamarcus is his his. I don't know. His ceiling is just so low now. Um, yeah. I just don't have much expectations as, as Adam was stating, like the youth movements in full effect, they're playing at a way higher pace than they ever have in recent memory for Greg Popovich team. Um, he's going to be out of there or he's just going to get, you know, phased out and continue to see like 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the uh, let's, let's go back to Adam and I's hometown here a little bit. Adam and I are both huge Sixers fans, I think Embiid is the MVP right now. Like this dude is just putting up monster double doubles on a consistent basis. And he's really just like his on and off the court metrics for the Sixers success is just mind boggling. Like it's clear that when he's on the court, they're just a way better team. The best team in the East right now. I mean, I think he's, this is like the return of the big man. Almost. You see Nikola Vucevic is absolutely a monster. Nikola Jokic is a monster. Like, I feel like this is becoming like the the running backs when they started to phase out in, in fantasy football. It's like, oh, it's not the cool thing to get a running back. It's like these centers are absolutely beast in the league now. Yeah, and to that point, to the MVP conversation, if I'm not mistaken, I think so the Sixers are the best team, have the best record of the East at 14 and six. Uh, I believe four of those six games they lost came without Embiid on the floor. So he's just been, anytime he anytime he's out, the Sixers struggle. I mean, he's been the he's been the glue that's keeping that team together, and I think with some of the pieces that the Sixers brought in, you know, Seth Curry, Danny Green, even Dwight Howard off the bench, and, and bringing in a legitimate coach and Do and Doc Rivers. I mean, that's a team that's a team that's going to be contending down the stretch for sure. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, you look at you look at the Sixers though, and and um, you know they've done a great job. I think bringing in Doc Rivers as the head coach. Um, and, and doing that kind of stuff as far as front office changes and, and all that. But Tobias Harris, to me, is the biggest difference to why they are one of the top teams in the East. He did not play like this last season no, at all. And I'm looking at the stats right now, just under 20 points a game. He's shooting 51% from the field, 46% uh, from three on four and a half attempts a game. That's awesome. That's 46% from three, and then he's shooting 81% uh, from the line. So uh, Tobias Harris um, – can't be slept on anymore I, i've seen enough people sleeping on tobias harris this season yeah he's actually i mean i think he makes for a pretty good trade target right like all of his peripherals are are solid um he's playing like an, at an all-star level and there's there isn't enough conversation about how well he's playing i totally agree with you there alex mm -hmm. and, and and a guy like a guy like tobias harris uh you know somebody i wanted to bring up that doesn't get enough attention a guy like harrison barnes all harrison barnes does is play 38 minutes a game this season like he's he's yeah. super he's super consistent. The king the Kings have a have a very short bench. I think he's averaging like 17 points a game, uh, six rebounds, three assists. The assists I believe are are a career high for him potentially. Um, his percentages are extremely high. He's shooting like 50 percent from the field, uh, hits an occasional three, gets you a steal a game. I mean, here's a guy that's never discussed, but all he does is like put up numbers game in and game out. I think this this past week, I think he was averaging about 19 points a game. So it's, that's definitely a guy, you know, if, if you want to kind of set it and forget it, uh, Harrison Barnes is a, a guy to look at, just like Tobias Harris. And I think you're right, man. Like, and you were, you were to your point, his assists, 3.4, his rebounds, 6.2, both career highs. You're right. Um, I, I mean, he's just balling this year, and it, it kind of came out of nowhere, right? So I, I don't think I don't think the name value is even anything anybody respects. I don't think people have respected him since he was with the Warriors, really. Um, 
so yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, man. He's he's another guy that you could grab in a trade, probably at a discount at this point. So, yeah, so hand shoot. I'll go ahead, Burns. Well, I was going to say, that's a name that's interesting for somebody like LaMarcus Aldridge. If you go to somebody in your league who um, might not follow up with, with trends of the NBA as much as you do or as much as the next person, uh, they see, oh, LaMarcus Aldridge, former all-star, you know, former big man who is a fantasy star. I'm going to go ahead. I'll give him a Harrison Barnes for him easily. That could be a good trade target. Somebody like that who the name value just isn't up to par with his play on the court this season. Make that deal in a heartbeat, man. Yeah, me too. So let's can we stick with the Kings for a second? There's a lot of stuff going on with the Sacramento Kings. I know a lot. We we talked about this this, this, is, this week. This is the most anyone's ever talked about the Kings, by the way. <laughs> so so I know Zach and I were talking about the Hassan Whiteside's minutes recently, and this could have been a product of a little revenge, a little revenge narrative that the uh, that the Kings had going on with Hassan Whiteside playing the Heat uh, on Saturday. But Hassan Whiteside's minutes have been trending in the right direction. And Rashawn Holmes's minutes have been trending in the wrong direction. Hassan Whiteside, you know, there were a couple games earlier in the season where he got some uh, uh, DNP coaches' decisions, and he wasn't seeing any minutes, and he was a drop, a big time drop. Now, over the last couple games, I believe he's averaging like 18 minutes a game, and all Hassan Whiteside needs to produce is 18 minutes a game. So keep an eye, keep an eye on that situation in Sacramento. Um, Sean Holmes has been fantastic this season. I believe he leads uh, all players with uh, 68% shooting from the field. Uh, he's also shooting like 85% from the free throw line. He does a little bit of everything, but if Hassan Whiteside is going to start getting those minutes, uh, Sean Holmes is a guy you might want to start to think about selling high on while he still yeah. has some value. So for I have me, a question. Man. Go, Zach. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, man. Um, for me, dude, uh, Holmes is more of a – I'm not trying to sell him high right now. I actually think he's more of a buy low at this point. Um, I, I mean, honestly, he scored nine points on eight shots over his last two games, which is a complete outlier from what he was doing earlier in the year. Um, you know, he contributes rebounds. He contributes blocks. Um, and still over these last couple of games where he's uh, kind of fallen out of favor on offense, he's still putting up the defensive stats, you know, five combined blocks and steals. Um, so he's getting it done. His minutes are going down, but they're not taking, they're not cratering, right? So he's seeing a little bit of right. a decline. Um, so if somebody starts to panic and say, man, Whiteside's finally getting involved on offense, Whiteside's putting up some points, Holmes is trending in the wrong direction. But it's not it's not a complete crater and it's not a complete reason to panic. So if you got somebody that wants to sell homes on the cheap, I'm taking that every day, man. He's a uh, you know he's an early round guy once again. Yeah, yeah I, I'll, to, I'll say this. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Dan. I was gonna say, I mean, is it to a point where they can both coexist, or is this you know one man's up, the next one's down? Like, can they can they both work it out and both still maintain their value for season long? Uh, both getting you know north of like twenty. 25 28 minutes a game hasn't happened yet i feel like we're forgetting somebody though and maybe it's because he's been hurt and i feel like nemanja bielitsa i hope i pronounced that name right he's missed the last eight games uh he's averaging about 15.8 minutes a game this this season and i feel like <clears throat> before he went out he's been yeah, i think he's had like a sore back or something uh, but before he went out, uh, he was usurping Whiteside's minutes. And that was one of the things where he was playing more. It was frustrating because I know Whiteside had a couple good games early in the season and for fantasy. And it was like, come on, like what, what's going on with all these power forwards and centers in, in Sacramento. But that's something to think about. And to me, that's why I'm not there on Whiteside yet. Like I, I know uh, Bielitz has been out for eight games and he's been – nearing a return, but I just feel like when he comes back into the lineup, you're not going to see Whiteside get as many minutes as he's been getting. That's fair. That's fair. So let's switch gears a bit. We're going to go to the risers and fallers. Alex, who are you? Who's your biggest riser so far in week six? And uh, who's, whose values decreased or diminished over the course of the week? Yeah, uh, man, a lot has happened this week. Uh, it's been a, a great week of hoops. For me, my biggest riser is none other than Victor Oladipo, uh, new member of the Houston Rockets. Um, the crazy thing about Oladipo, and I, I found this was kind of interesting, um, he's played six games with Houston. He's seeing a 30.9% usage rate. So, I mean, he's up there. He's leading the team, actually, uh, in usage since he's been there. He's over Christian Wood. He's over John Wall. Um, I know there's been some chatter um, 
with Stephen Silas, the head coach of the Rockets, about playing him at point guard and, and you know, kind of experimenting with the ball in his hands a little bit more. Um, but he has a, a nearly a 31% usage rate in six games. Uh, James Harden had uh, a 30% usage rate in his eight games with Houston earlier this season. So, um, I mean, we all consider James Harden to be an elite, you know, fantasy asset, top 10 asset early in the season with Houston. Rightfully so. He has the resume. But Victor Oladipo is actually seeing the ball in his hands more than Harden did um, in his first stint with his first uh, six games with Houston. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, did that anything else that got to you about Oladipo? Anybody? Yes. So on the on the on the uh, topic of Oladipo, that brings up another uh, you know guy that I'm looking at as a as a big time riser because of that trade. So so Malcolm Brogdon, I think, is really here to stay. You know, here's here's a guy that over his last three games uh, is averaging uh, 28 points a game and eight assists per game. Uh, I mean, he's you know, he, with, without uh, without Oladipo there in the lineup uh, and without Karis LeVert, you know, obviously being out due to the surgery he had on his kidney, Malcolm Brogdon's really the focal point of that offense, along with Demonis Sabonis, and, and and both both put up great percentages, but, but Brockton's going to get you those threes. He's going to get you those steals. So those, those minutes aren't going anywhere as he's, he's kind of the, he's what the backcourt is, is made of at this point. You know, that's, that's a guy that, you know, I, I want on my roster everywhere. Cause I don't know when Karis LeVert is yeah. coming back. So those, those numbers yeah. and that production is absolutely here to stay. For sure. Um, yeah. So on that thread, I mean, we're talking about opportunity here. Late last night, Terry Rozier went down with an ankle sprain. Don't know how long he's going to be out, but, you know, ankle injuries are never an easy, easy thing to come back to. So I think we're finally ready to see LaMelo ball season, and I I can't wait. Like, per 36 minutes, this guy's putting up 17.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 8.7 assists with 2.2 steals per contest. I mean, let's unleash this guy, man. Like, he's going to be a baller. He's already seen a usage rate of north of 20% as a bench contributor. So now with starters minutes, I mean, I think the upside is so bright for this kid. He looks like the ball that we expected Lonzo to be. Um, and he's clearly yeah. just, you know, he, he's looking like the early favorite for rookie of the year right now. Um, some good competition, but I mean, he's, this is a good opportunity for him to run away with it. So Zach, what are your thoughts? Who's your, who's your riser? Oh, I was just going to tag on to what you were saying about Ball. Is he, are we kind of looking at um, maybe a ceiling of, is he like a Ben Simmons 2.0 maybe? A guy that can stuff the stat sheet, uh, you know, plays well on defense, but really has some trouble shooting the ball. I mean, is that kind of the guy that we're looking at here? Yeah, I would say his offense is probably more, unfortunately, more mature than Ben Simmons is. Like, I mean, at least he'll pull up from three, you know, he has no hesitation with it. It's just... It may be a little off, but I think he has the confidence to at least put up at least 15, 20 shots a game if he wanted to, if the volume is, is good. If, you know, if Devontae Graham feeds them a little bit or Gordon Hayward passes a little bit more, I think he has a great opportunity to, to eclipse that ceiling of Ben Simmons offensively. Yeah, definitely. Keep keep an eye on the timeline of, of Terry Rozier's ankle injury because if if he if he misses any amount of time, Lamelo Ball becomes a, a, a t- an easily a top fifty fantasy asset in nine cat leagues. And he's almost there now. Right. Yeah. Off the bench, which is crazy. Yep. Um. And so, like, who are our fallers then? You know, who who are some of the people that really had a tough week or? their situation may not bode well for them going forward. A dude that I'm really like, uh, I, I'm just not high on anymore. And I, I wasn't super high on him to start the year, but Russell Westbrook, man, I mean, the, over the last week, I know, uh, you know, he missed some time with that quad injury. Um, and when he finally came back, uh, you know, averaging under 30 minutes a game, uh, you know, we know he can kind of stuff the stat sheet, but under 20 points a game, uh, his shooting remains terrible uh, despite the fewer <laughs> minutes he's still turning the ball over more than four times a game um, I, I just I don't understand the upside here I, I mean I get that there's empty calorie numbers but if you're playing in a nine cat league with you know percentages come into play turnovers come into play um, I, he's just not a guy that I want on my team uh, and, and whether or not that quad injury is contributing to this or it's the fact that you know, Bertans is back. Hachimura is back. Uh, Mo Wagner is starting to come back. Everybody's getting healthy for Washington. Um, 
Russell's a guy that's really just taken a, a big time fall for me. I feel you, man. Um, I'm all for the fate of Russell Westbrook. I don't want any parts of Washington, to be honest. Uh, they are going to have some advantages of their schedule when they start to play some of those makeup games or those postponed games. But um, yeah, I just don't really like what I've seen uh, out of Russell Westbrook. You're never going to get the efficiency. Sure, he'll give you a lot of rebounds and some counting stats, but you know, I think you can find better, better deals for better players uh, that might net you a better outlook, you know, going forward for the rest of the season. Adam, what you got? Yeah. Yeah, so a guy every fantasy manager wants to know about, the most polarizing player in fantasy basketball is Chris Boucher of the Toronto Raptors. Two or three (laughs) weeks ago, Chris Boucher was averaging 20 points, 10 rebounds, two blocks, three three three-pointers, and was seeing 30 minutes per game over a stretch of like four or five games. Over his last two games, 13 minutes per game, averaging seven points and three rebounds per game. The curse of nurse. What is it going to take to get this man more minutes? He he has the upside of Christian Wood if he just sees 25, 30 minutes per game. The problem is Nick Nurse, like Dan said, totally unwilling to give this man the respect he deserves, and it seems to be matchup-based. When Chris Boucher has to go up against a typical big, like a Nikola Vucevic, who he's got to face twice here in the near future, uh, Damana Sabonis, he doesn't see the minutes he would against a team that doesn't have a typical big, maybe like the Houston Rockets with Christian Wood. So it's something to keep an eye on. For me, Chris Boucher is a sell high after one of his, you know, boom performances against a Houston Rockets squad, you know, because I'm uncertain of what he's going to do game in and game out. Give me someone else who's going to be a little bit more consistent. Uh, So for me, I like Chris Boucher as a player. He's amazing but I don't love the inconsistency of Chris Boucher. He's like Tyler Lockett in the NFL. Boomer bust, man. The yep. definition of it, right? Yeah. I got to talk about Jamal Murray, though. I feel like it's been enough. I Jamal Murray has been, <laughs> for me, the most frustrating fantasy player this season. How many people listening to this drafted this guy expecting bubble performances, 40-point games, 50-point games? I mean, he was I – mean, I forget. I don't have it in front of me. I don't – know exactly what his uh his uh, adp was coming in but it was really early i mean i saw him go in the top 20 in most drafts i mean he people were drafting this guy early and i mean maybe you guys disagree i've been watching a lot of nuggets games it's not even like he's playing bad i mean he's not like playing terrible he's not shooting the ball poorly he's just not doing much uh as far as fantasy And, and to where he was drafted it's been uh just very frustrating to watch i think he has I think he has nine games this season uh, scoring under 20 points uh, and he has three games scoring 30 points. And, and for someone where he was drafted uh, in the top 20, I mean, that's just, that's bad. So, so maybe some of that can be attributed to the play of one Monte Morris off the bench. Mm -hmm. Here's a guy, here's a guy who's ranked in the, in the top 100 players who I don't think anybody's talking about, but he, he plays like 20, 20 to 22 minutes a game off the bench. Uh, he's got great percentages. I think he turned, he's turned the ball over a total of like five times this season. Yeah, so his, his, you know, his, uh, the way he's playing uh, off the bench, I think that it's giving Mike Malone a little bit uh, more ability to give Jamal Murray some, some rest opportunities throughout the game might not be seeing as many shot opportunities. Um, and we've also seen kind of the changing of the guard there in Denver. I mean, it's, it's Nikola Jokic's team and it's not even close. Like this dude, you know, he, he's also in the MVP conversation with Joel Embiid. Obviously he doesn't affect the the wins and losses quite like Embiid does. So, so maybe Embiid has the edge there, but I mean, this is really Nikola Jokic's team. And then, and then with Michael Porter Jr. now back in the lineup and back in the fold, you could see Jamal Murray kind of tail off even more as we saw in the bubble last season when when Porter Jr. was getting getting his uh, his run. So, so I agree with you. I think I think Jamal Murray is super frustrating. Um, I'd look to sell him off of a off of a great performance as well. Jamal Murray averaged 16 points, four assists, and four rebounds a game this week. He is easily my biggest follower. Easily. I love that man. That's a. Uh... It's it's crazy because you wouldn't expect it. Like the name we're, we've been talking about, name notoriety and how that carries. And you know, I think yeah. owners are pro- or managers are probably just extremely frustrated for the price they paid for that. You know, he's not returning the value that they expected from him. 
Yeah, so think- let's talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. Sorry, man. I was just going to uh, tag on to that. I definitely think it's return on investment because, you know, he's still playing. He, his numbers are almost identical to what he did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost no tail off. But you're right, man. Early to mid round value right now for a guy that you paid, you know, early round and expecting first round ceiling and you're just not getting it. Yeah, but it wasn't even like it was like it wasn't even like last season, the, the full season pre pandemic, pre, you know, sh- suspension of the season it wasn't like he was posting 40 point games you know mr hero it was really just a bubble and it was really the first round versus the jazz where he kind of just took the league by storm and and he was out of his mind he was incredible it was fun to watch right um but that was the last thing in people's minds it was recency bias 100 Mm percent and people drafted him so early this year expecting that performance and you're just not getting it so yeah, so let's jump to uh, buy low, sell high. I mean, I think we just talked about a great – that was a great transition, and uh, obviously Alex feels uh, a good time to sell high for Jamal Murray. What else are you thinking there? Um, who else – who are your other uh, ideal targets or or sellers? Um, I'll say this is going to be a little uh, – how do I word this? I don't want to tell people to to sell high on this player – now because i still think there's a lot of stuff that we don't know that's coming um you know ennis Cantor, right ennis Cantor has absolutely been balling over the last couple of weeks he's been phenomenal he's been great yusuf nurkic has been out uh with a i believe it was a, fla- a fractured hand and so he's been out i guess he's going to be reevaluated in six weeks um this is a player ennis Cantor, who let's be honest if it wasn't for nurkic's injury he'd probably be on your waivers probably wouldn't be somebody that you'd be having consistently in your lineups, but with the injury, he's now getting increased run. I would just pay close attention to Nurkic's status over the next couple of weeks and really try. And after he has a, a massive game, I would think about offering uh, him in a package and maybe selling him high to somebody because listen, when Nurkic comes back, Cantor isn't going to be getting, you know, 25 minutes a game, close to 30 minutes a game. He's not going to have the fantasy upside that he has right now. And he's going to go right back to being, just a, a a borderline waiver wire player so Bump. why not take advantage yeah why not take advantage and sell high on a player like that now but I, the reason why i say i would just pay attention is because there's no guarantee nurkic comes back in in six weeks and there's no guarantee that he gets a full workload in six weeks so you don't want to just you know sell a guy off but if you can get a a top tier starter who doesn't have that you know player in his way or or he has a, a clearer path to consistent minutes going forward uh, it's a no-brainer to me and here's a little DFS nugget to add to that. So Ennis Cantor now playing 30 minutes a game doesn't play a lot of defense. So might not be a bad idea to target big men who go up against the Trailblazers while Cantor is a starting center. So in Christian Wood's first game back a few nights ago uh, off the off the ankle injury, he got to face off against Cantor and the and the Trailblazers, and I believe he had 25 and 12 in that game. So that's definitely a team to to target uh, for big men going against the Trailblazers in DFS. Yeah, I feel like Christian Wood has had 25 and 12. No, no, not at all. I feel like Christian Wood's had 25 and 12 versus everybody this year, though. That's also <laughs> a good point. That, that's that's a guy. That's a guy that's balling. And could you imagine yeah. if Chris Boucher was a starting oh. four or five on the Raptors? He'd also be getting 25 and 12 a night. There we go. Um. Zach, what are your thoughts, man? Who do you, who are you trying to buy or sell right now? So uh, somebody that I am looking to buy right now, um, honestly, at this point, man, uh, I know we talked about the Kings already. I talked about Rashawn Holmes. He's, he's definitely a guy that I'd like to buy. Um, another guy I'm interested in, man, is on the same team, uh, rookie Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I, I think that. people, yeah, I think people are going to just be, uh, completely in love with Buddy Heald over the last week or two. Um, he's just been hitting triples. Um, he's finally coming back to the type of performance we were expecting from him after kind of starting the year out, um, you know, not really being too productive. Um, and so I think people are falling in love with that and then they might not realize that Halliburton and Heald are essentially, they're playing together, right? I mean, the Kings are running some three guard sets. They're playing together. Both of them are getting 30 plus minutes a night and Halliburton. He's not the prolific scorer that healed can be on any certain night. He's not draining all those threes, 
but he's doing it on the peripherals, man. He's he's getting rebounds, he's getting assists, uh, he's just doing a little bit of everything. He, his shooting is solid, um, so he's a mid-round guy right now, and there's no reason that both him and Heald can't uh, produce to that level. Um, I think by season's end, and it, it kind of uh, evens things out, I think Halliburton ends up being the, the more valuable guard by season's end, but you know, he's a guy that I'm going to go for right now just because of Heald's hot streak. Agree with you, Zach. I mean, for a rookie, his assist to turnover ratio is really impressive. 5.4 assists to 1.6 turnovers on the season. Most rookies don't come in and have that kind of assist to turnover ratio. I think LaMelo balls is much worse than that. Right. Um, And here's a guy who's averaging 2.1 three-pointers per game. 1.1 1.1 steals, 0.7 blocks. He really does it all, and he's been getting the minutes. So I, I definitely agree with Zach that he's a guy that I'd want to target and that could potentially crack the starting lineup sometime this season for the Kings. It's a great call, man. Both, both of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of Tyler Hall- uh, Tyrese Halliburton, man. He's been looking great as a rookie, and you know I think that he's already kind of signaled once uh, Darren Fox went down, he, he played great in his absence and it's been hard to take him off the court. And that, that much goes to show like he's going to continue to see 30 minutes of contest. So if you're looking for a, a guy that may not carry the name value that you might be able to sneak off of someone in a trade, definitely make that move. Um, but yeah. One of my guys that I'm buying actually right now, which I, I really hate to say this because I was so down on him for most of the preseason. And, and as the season started is Kemba Walker, mainly because Kemba Walker um, finds himself in a good opportunity with Marcus Smart going down with what appears to be a high calf injury, but it looked, it looked pretty significant. It was a non-contact injury, which are always very alarming, but uh, you know, Kemba's starting to see more minutes now. Apparently his strengthening program went well. There, there hasn't been any reports of knee soreness since then. So I think he's going to be a great person to target. He hasn't really gone off. He's had a couple of bad games. He's still seeing a 30% usage rate despite that. And I think there's just tons of upside there with Marcus Smart out of the lineup. Now, how long he's going to be out, that's a topic for another discussion. But I think in the interim, you could really get some good value out of Kemba Walker as he's going to be the point guard and seeing a, a bulk of the minutes with Jeff Teague kind of being like a fringe bench player contributor and Peyton Pritchard out with an injury. That's a great call, Dan. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Kemba Walker as long as he has his minutes restriction uh, lifted because he's going to see some run without Marcus Smart there. So right. in terms of, for me, in terms of a guy that, that I'm looking to sell high on, uh, you know, he's high some games, he's not so high other games, would be John Collins. And John Collins is much like, uh, you know, Jamal Murray that Alex talked about earlier. Uh, John Collins is just a different player with Clint Capella on the floor. Last season when John Collins was playing the center, he averaged 21.6 points and 10.1 rebounds per game. This season at the four with Capella at the five, he's averaging just 16.7 points and 7.7 rebounds per game. His percentages are still relatively good, and he doesn't turn the ball over very much, so he's still giving you a little bit of value there. But here's a guy that went top 25 in a lot of drafts uh, this season. Uh, and he just, he just hasn't lived up to that uh, draft slot. So we've seen the propensity for John Collins to have a big game every now and again. Uh, on January 24th against the Bucks, he went 30.7 rebounds, three assists with six three-pointers. He's going to do that every once in a while in a, in a fast, uh, fast-paced, up-tempo game. So I would look for John Collins to have one of those games and see if you can sell him uh, and and potentially get a guy like, uh, you know, Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday in return, somebody that's like super consistent on a, on a regular basis uh, who might not be able to get that, you know, 30 points with six threes, but, you know, it's going to give you uh, consistent production on a regular basis. So are you uh, are you selling him right now? Or are you going to wait and see, uh, you know, maybe how he performs with uh, with Hunter out of the lineup? I know we talked about uh, DeAndre Hunter being injured. Uh, do you maybe want to hang on to Collins for a little bit just to see maybe that production ramps up and he's a guy you want to keep on your team? That's a that's a great point, Zach. So in, without DeAndre Hunter in the lineup, uh, the first game against Washington uh, a couple nights ago, he went 17 points, eight rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. So 
I think I think that's that's a great that's a great observation. However, for me, it's more about the presence of Clint Capella than it is about the you know taking DeAndre Hunter off the floor. But I think that leads into kind of our potentially our next segment with talking about some waiver wire ads. Um, DeAndre Hunter's out for a week, right? So I'm looking at guys like Cam Reddish, who's rostered in under 50% of Yahoo leagues. Kevin Herter. Um, he's rostered in more than 50% of, of Yahoo leagues. However, he's a guy that I'd be looking to pick up uh, immediately if he's still on your waiver wire. Uh, I think Cam Reddish benefits the most. When DeAndre Hunter went out of that, that game, he got hurt. Cam Reddish saw 32 minutes off the bench. Um, so I think he potentially starts uh, this week for Hunter. And he's going to, you know, I think the Hawks have four games. So he's going to see, uh, he's going to see four starter minute games there, um, you know, this week. And he, he's a guy I'd be looking at based on the DeAndre Hunter injury. Yeah, and I'll say too, which is uh, actually kind of interesting to your point, Adam, Cam Reddish actually had a higher usage rate uh, so far this season than DeAndre Hunter did uh, before he got hurt. So uh, he's definitely a focal point of their offense. Uh, whether he starts or comes off the bench, he's going to be involved heavily. So uh, I'm right there with you on on Cam Reddish as being a, a good waiver wire ad. I do. I think we got to talk about Emmanuel quickly, though. Emmanuel quickly yes, is – to, to not be punny, but Emmanuel quickly is quickly becoming somebody you should put on your roster. I mean, he's only 24% owned from Yahoo and ESPN leagues combined. Um, he's the upside play. That's what I'll put. That's how I'll put it. He's not somebody that you're going to put in your lineup every single week and expect him to put up 20 points, five rebounds. He has the upside to, uh, to have killer games, but as far as uh, consistency, it's not really there. A fun fact about Emmanuel quickly did you know he ranks in the top 30 in usage rate and he has the highest usage rate on his team, including over Julius Randle, which is insane. insane. Uh, that's insane. I mean, he's only seen 18 and a half minutes a game. So for him to do that um, is, is quite remarkable. And I get a couple questions on Twitter uh, from some people yesterday. They were asking, Oh, you know, if he's playing so good, why, why do you think he's not starting? You know, cause I think Alfred Payton has scored like six points in his last two games combined on like three of 13 field, like it's just not playing good. So the question is like, well, when does Elf or uh, Emmanuel quickly enter the starting lineup ahead of Alfred Payton? And my answer to that is, I don't think I want him That's to start. I, well, I don't think I want him to start. Like, I think if he enters the starting lineup, you're going to see his usage go down because obviously, and rightfully so the offense is going to run through Julius Randall. And I, I don't want him to start. I think he is dominating the touches uh, in the second unit, he's getting every shot attempt he wants. He's getting his, his awesome floater, step back three, whatever he wants, he can get it. He's just one of those players. It's like Jordan Clarkson. It does not matter if he starts or comes off the bench. He's going to see a high usage rate. He's going to be somebody that you need on your team, and he's going to provide you that upside to win some weeks. Alex, yeah, I was going to – Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, you know, you're, you're absolutely playing the upside here. Like, this is a rest of season pod, right? So – you, you want to beat everybody else to the punch. And it's clear that Alfred Payton is mm -hmm. still rostered more than Emmanuel quickly, which is just ridiculous at this point. It's insane. Um, he's, he's a veteran that is probably not going to be there for very long. Whereas it quickly was their first round draft pick. Tibbs usually doesn't trust rookies, but it's clear. Like he's totally gone against that now that he's willing to get him in critical moments, like quickly dropped what 31 points, two games ago then he had a dud then he dropped 25 again like yeah this guy can drop buckets and i think all of new york is starting to realize that this guy is the future and by the end of the season he's going to have the starting point guard position like mm -hmm. uh, even if he does still see a little bit of minutes off the bench in the in the short term the upside is, is right there and i love the comparison with jordan clarkson um because that guy's been six man of the year easily right now um absolutely just took his game to the next level in terms of three-point percentage and, and efficiency. Um, and I know, Adam, you got some thoughts there. Yeah, so speaking of being sharp and ahead of, the, ahead of your league mates, uh, you'll want to look at uh, guys that are potentially, you know, rumored to be in trade talks and, and guys who are just, you know, behind them on the depth chart that might get an opportunity to rise in the future. And that's Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Nikhil Alexander-Walker rostered in just 13% of Yahoo leagues. That's insane. Here's a guy even off the bench behind Lonzo Ball is averaging 27 minutes per game in his last three games. The Pelicans have said they want to get him more minutes. 
and they said that Lonzo Ball's on the trade block. So, you know, if, if Lonzo moves, Nikhil Alexander-Walker steps up into his role, and here's a guy who could be averaging 35 minutes a game, uh, you know, giving you 12 points, you know, six rebounds, four assists, you know, getting some, getting some defensive stats. He's a guy I want to stash right now uh, before Lonzo is potentially moved. Yeah, I totally agree, man. And shout out to my Hokies. I'm really glad to see someone from Virginia Tech actually get some shine in the league here. Um, yeah, to that, I, I'm going to go a little bit more obscure and, and deep for deeper formats. If you're looking for someone in the short term who's got four games next week and has a good shot at playing time, I'm going to go with Teo Maladon. And you're going to have to look that up. It's spelled T-H-O with a little accent, Maladon. And he's only rostered in 5% of Yahoo leagues, which is really low for someone that, you know, so really this is about the opportunity. George Hill is dealing with a thumb injury. He hasn't played for the last three games. In the last game where Maladon saw 33 minutes, he dropped six three-pointers, 24 points with three rebounds and three assists. Very high, very low uh, floor here. I mean, the guy isn't going to get a lot of minutes in with if George Hill and the rest of the team is healthy, but like, that's not why we're playing this game, right? You're trying to win your weeks. So this is a guy that if George Hill doesn't make it back next week, he's going to have a great opportunity to see some advanced minutes of like third North of 30, 28, 30 minutes. And he's shown, shown he can produce. He's a rookie coming from France. He has a lot of great size. And you know, the, the Oklahoma city thunder are already ushering in their youth movement. So they're trying to get and see what talent they have on the roster. Expect George Hill to be a buyout candidate for a veteran team. That's going to be looking for making that playoff push um, him and Al, Hor Al Horford's contracts like immovable uh, or so we thought, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if George Hill is the one that's going to be out of there. And in which case would signal more time for Teo to, to take the reins. So just something to look out for if you're looking for deeper, deeper waiver ads. And in the interim, you know, some other guys that are that have some really good value. Jeremy Lamb's only 50% owned. He should be rostered in, in all 10 to 12 team formats. He's been playing great. Doug McDermott hurt his back. He's questionable to play. But, you know, I think Jeremy Lamb has stepped in very well in the short term. Also, Jared Vanderbilt has been playing extremely well for the for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Sons, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Now, Towns will be coming back from COVID eventually. But in the short term, Vanderbilt's been getting a lot of steals, blocks, and contributing to rebounds category. So if you need some counting stats, he's a good place to look, only 22% owned. And then lastly, an old favorite, uh, Thaddeus Young. This guy's like, I know, Otto Porter's been kind of out of the, the, the lineup recently, and Thad's been, been putting in work. And it seems like the uh, Billy Donovan coaching staff likes him. He's brought back solid veteran leadership, and he's, he's seen solid minutes. He put up 16, 9, and 9 two games ago. So he's doing – just those scrappy fat young like things it's never pretty but he does he does his thing so um i think he's another person you could target if you're looking for someone with four games next week only 19 percent owned yeah and, and i'm glad you brought uh thaddeus young up because um that's something that's kind of interesting this is a guy his last two games he's fallen just shy of recording a triple double and when wendell carter went out he, you know he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks i think he's going to be reevaluated next week sometime um but uh, everybody flocked to Daniel Gafford, and rightfully so because Daniel Gafford is the de facto number two center. But we've really seen Thaddeus Young's usage uh, increase and his stats increase um, over the last. And and I have here in Yahoo and ESPN leagues, he's only rostered in 21% of those leagues. So I mean, that's a guy like you mentioned. Four games this week, the Bulls are always they have an awful defense, so they're always in in high scoring games. They're trying to play catch up most of the time. Um, I could not agree with you any more on Thaddeus Young. And uh, I just kind of want to take uh, – it seems like Dan kind of laid it up for me a little bit with a couple of the teams he talked on. Um, I want to start with the Thunder. Um, all in with you on Teo Maladon. Um, I, I definitely think he's going to get some more run. I mean, the team is rebuilding. They got ungodly amount of first-round picks. They're looking to get, you know, the young guys involved. Uh, but I, I want to talk about Al Horford real quick because, to me, he's, he's a, a sell-high guy for sure. Um, you know, since coming back, uh, he's kind of like you, Dan. He he just had uh, a child. He took some time off. Uh, he came back and has posted two massive games. Uh, as far as average value, he's been first round value over the last, uh, 
you know, week since returning. Uh, but of course, we're not going to expect that, right? I mean, potentially top 100 value, um, you know, on the rebuilding team uh, as one of their primary offensive guys. But is he going to be an early or even potentially mid-round guy? Uh, very unlikely to me. Um, so if you see, you know, if you, you have somebody in the league that's looking for a big man and they say, wow, Horford's really been producing uh i definitely go ahead and trade him for the right piece there, uh, somebody that's going to have a little bit more upside. Um, and and uh, to your point on, you know, Indy, uh, we talked about Brogdon. Adam brought him up. Uh, you just mentioned Jeremy Lamb. Uh, we've been talking about all these guys on Indy, uh, but a guy that I just want to uh, highlight here, uh, this kind of the, the boring name guy that we want to consider, Justin Holiday, rostered in 38% of Yahoo leagues. He's been a top 100 guy this year, um, and that's with Lamb coming back. You know, that's with, you know, obviously T.J. Warren's been out, uh, Karis LeVert, Victor Oladipo, nobody else is there. Holiday is that quiet guy that, you know, he's not scoring like Lamb is. He's not, you know, taking the reins on offense like Brogdon and Sabonis, but he does just enough everywhere else to contribute top 100 numbers. Um, and, and those are the type of boring guys you want to get on your team, um, and that's somebody – you know, also like Royce O'Neal, who's 22% rostered that, again, he's boring. He's not going to get you a lot of upside, but these are top 100 type of guys that, uh, you know, you can fill out your roster with that maybe people aren't really paying attention to. Yeah, it's a, that's a, you know, Jeremy Lamb's a good, a good pickup. Justin Holiday's a good pickup. I'm going to stick with Indy here for a second. What about TJ McConnell? TJ McConnell doesn't do everything. But TJ McConnell gets you seven assists and two steals per game over his last seven games coming off the bench. You know, in in head-to-head category leagues, say it's middle to late week and you're and you're losing, you know, blocks by 20 to 30 blocks, and that's not a category you have the possibility to win. Forget about blocks that week and go get yourself a guy that's gonna help you in two categories that you have the potential to win. And that, that could be a guy like TJ McConnell. TJ McConnell is going to be available in most leagues. I think he's rostered in only 10% of leagues. And while it's not the sexy pickup, it's a guy that can help you get over the top if he plays in, you know, four games in a week. So you'll want to think about that when you're, when you're, when you're thinking about the strategy of what guys to pick up off your waiver wire. You want guys that are going to help you in categories that you have a chance to win that week. Yeah, before we have those parting words, I just want to say from a strategic standpoint, there are eight teams with three games next week uh, going into week seven. So go to, if you guys want any tips or tricks, if you haven't heard about it, check out uh, hashtag basketball. If you go into their advanced NBA schedule, um, you can check out a scheduling grid and it's super helpful for as you're preparing for the week and, and how to kind of structure your waivers with certain teams playing back-to-backs. The Sixers only have three games. You can expect Embiid to rest on one of those back-to-backs. Giannis has a back-to-back um, where he can have, a, a, I think, three, two or three days off if he misses one of the games. So, you know, you got to start thinking a little bit more strategically of how you can navigate your roster and also the waiver wire to, to, be your advantage, to get your advantage. And um, so, yeah, so target those, those teams that have four games. There's a ton of them. And, and if you have any dead weight on those games, on those teams that have three games, you know, cut bait where you can and, and go pick up some of the guys that we outlined for you. All right, guys, I think that that concludes our first segment. We'll be checking back in next week. It's the uh, Stretch Four podcast. If you like the content, be sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. 